Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com and the Information Security Media Group. I'm speaking with Robert Rodriguez. He's chairman of the Security Innovation Network. Welcome. Thank you, Eric. Pleasure to be here. What is the Security Innovation Network? Security Innovation Network is designed to bridge the gap between the Silicon Valley and the Beltway to give the entrepreneurs a voice. I use the Silicon Valley and the Beltway as a metaphor. Essentially, not that all innovation comes out of Silicon Valley. There's other centers of innovation in America, Silicon Hills, Silicon Prairie, Boston, the wharf up in Wisconsin, etc. The Beltway I describe as the industrial military complex that Eisenhower warned us about when he was president. I think we have a greater opportunity now to increase awareness of available technologies to advance the security field. The situation continues to get very serious. If you look at the Google situation and the partnership with NSA, some of the inherent procurement acquisition language and processes within the government and industry system integration community suffocate innovation. And when we're dealing with a dynamic environment such as the Internet, we can't wait two years or 18 months whatever it is, to identify technology to advance and protecting these command and control systems and critical infrastructures. We're trying to give the entrepreneur a voice to raise awareness of their technologies to the industry, government, and system integration markets. When you say suffocate innovation, what do you mean by that? I think that some of the language, such as common criteria and some of the antiquated language within procurement acquisition does not enable the early adoption of innovation or technologies into the government critical infrastructure or command and control systems. What do you suggest should be done about that? Well, I think there needs, number one, a greater awareness of available technologies in the marketplace. For example, a data point would be when the CTO of a large integration company came to the IT Security Entrepreneurial Forum at Stanford University last year. He had met 60, 70 companies, and he had never heard of over 70% of the companies. By not having awareness of innovation in our country, I think, is the first step. So increasing awareness of available technologies. Not saying you need to marry that technology, but be aware of these companies that are bringing product to market. The procurement rules that the government must follow, you're suggesting are antiquated, but I guess they're designed in part to make sure that there's either fair competition or that there's no wrongdoing going on in awarding contracts. How can you provide for those protections at the same time as speeding up delivery of what could be innovative and very important products to secure government IT? So I don't know the history of how long the language has been around. I think they were designed when the Internet was not as pervasive and dependent as it is today. We're not talking about toilets and hammers here. We're talking about a dynamic environment with the threats and risks emerging on a daily basis. That if we did not take a little bit of risk and we did not change some of the language, we are going to be in a very serious situation. The dependence on the legacy systems, which I understand and respect, because the government is a risk-adverse environment. And, and it has to be to a certain degree because it's all about mission readiness, mission assurance, everything from the command and control systems that support a warfighter to getting your tax rebate check or social security check out to American citizens and, and, and what have you. The 12-foot wall and the moat to me is like your legacy system that you depend on. However, if we do not look at new models, open innovation, partnership, collaboration models moving forward, the adversaries are going to break away at that wall and they're going to get in because they're out-innovating us. We're basically being out-innovated by the adversaries. They don't have to worry about corporate governance, privacy, budget, legal issues. They move at warp speed. So there needs to be a balance between risk, taking some risk, and being risk-adverse.
When you talk to the government, I don't know whether it's the GSA or other agencies, what do you hear from them and are there ways to speed up the process? Some of the things that I'm hearing from the intelligence community, and these are from high-level people, three points. The usual suspects are coming in, and they didn't finish the, the comment, but basically usual suspects were the contractors, the integrators. Um, and, and I think, and I'm going to assume here, that maybe they're not advancing the field fast enough to keep ahead of the adversaries. The second point that they make to me is they wish that they had greater awareness of companies at an early stage so they could shape to mission need. Sometimes the companies that they come across are too mature and too robust and down their path that it's too costly and just not effective to alter to a unique infrastructure within some of these government agencies. The third point is they're starting to look outside their box. They know that the existing technologies, architecture, what have you, is they're having challenges. So they're looking for new models. They're starting to look at innovation across America, not just so much in the industrial military complex or the Beltway. You mentioned some of the innovate, you mentioned innovations that could be available to government and you mentioned uh, possible entrepreneurs out there who would like to have their wares known. Can you, uh, mention or can you cite one or two examples of some entrepreneurs out there that might have good products for the government as it relates to cybersecurity and what those products are? Yeah, for example, one of the intelligence community called me last month that they're looking for mobile device security products, technologies, software, firmware, hardware to mitigate risk to the Android, the iPhone, the Blackberries. So that's one space. The other space is cloud computing. So you have a number of members in your alliance that are entrepreneurs that have solutions to these problems, these challenges? Yes, yes. It's kind of like this, Eric. I view it like the CISO of a corporation or a government entity. I mean, let's talk about corporations holding this rubber band that's a half inch thick. And at the other end of the rubber band are the business enablers, executives driving revenue. And they're going into uncharted, more uncharted waters such as cloud computing and VoIP. The CISO is saying, time out, hold on, before you go into this arena, let me see if I can't cure what we have today. And that rubber band is getting stretched from half inch thick to an eighth or sixteenth inch thick, and I'm concerned it could break because we're not really securing the existing infrastructure and command and control systems as we go into these other uh, business process, business enabling type technologies. How do you secure the, you know, the, the internet? Something that we really don't understand fully, and if we did understand it fully, we would be able to probably secure it better. It's like the wild, wild west or our sea. Our first laws of sea came in 1609 by the Dutch, and look how long it took to understand safe harbor, 50-mile zones, etc. The Internet's only 40-plus years old. So how would you characterize the current relationship between government and business in developing solutions to cybersecurity? The government is starting to welcome and embrace small business more than ever, in particular in the cyber domain. They're understanding the importance of partnering and collaborative models. If you look at some of the public-private partnership initiatives and DHS has been formed, before that we didn't have such entities. I'm not saying that they're completely successful because these things take time, but we do have some leadership that believes in it. I mean, Howard Schmidt is a big believer in public-private partnerships. The ones that seem to be most effective are type are the smaller ones, kind of a asymmetrical model. For example, the, the FBI's InfraGuard groups, the Secret Service Electronic Crime Task Force within their own communities are having success in building that trust and relationships with private industry. Despite procurement rules that may seem cumbersome, do you think that if there is an entrepreneur out there that does offer a good solution 
to the government for their cybersecurity needs, and an agency understands that. Do you think they'll be able to sell that product or service to the government without much problem? I still think there's challenges. However, there are certain programs, I think, in the government, from what I've heard, that if they identify technology that will advance the field more than others or they don't have anything available in their toolkit that can address the problem, they will basically guide that company to adopt it in a faster and less cumbersome fashion. Most of these companies that come to the IT Security Entrepreneur Forum want to partner with the government. In fact, 86% last year wanted to partner with the government. They don't know where, how, who, what, and when to start. It's a very complicated process. If you told them to go to the NIST website or DISA website, you go blind. There needs to be some hand-holding by the integration community and contractors and consultants that understand that space. I recommend to the, the entrepreneurial community to, to really don't try to figure it out. Just partner with subject matter experts. We're trying to expedite the whole process here. If there's one thing you would want government to do to help facilitate getting these products and services from these entrepreneurs to government, what would you want the government to do? I would like to see them improve their ability to get the messaging out on their needs and requirements better. I mean, how can you build to specific needs and requirements if you're not aware of them? That's number one. Number two, I'd like to see the government be more creative in terms of addressing the acquisition procurement process reform. Maybe there's some leeway or guidelines that can be applied to the cyber domain. It's a very, very fast area. Though old models don't work in this area, especially when we're being out innovated. The third point is I'd like to see the government be more of an early adopter of technology. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. I've been speaking with Robert Rodriguez, Chairman of the Security Innovation Network. For GovInfoSecurity.com and the Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.